Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. i got a studio full of ladies today up to some really good things. We're going to be talking about Amy for change, which is advancing, inspiring, motivating for community health through extension. I think that's a really good thing. Joining us is their program manager, Yolanda Pruitt, all the way from Startful. We got Miss Tracy Carr. She's the deputy director of the Library Services and Mississippi Library Commission. And Miss Mary Beth, she is the customer relations specialist with MagCore, which is Mississippi Made Catalog. And you ladies are all working in communities, doing some really good things, all coming out of Aim for Change. So first, thank you for joining us today. But Yolanda, I'm going to kick off with you. So how do you describe Aim for Change in like the greater context to get people to understand what you guys at the Extension are trying to do? With Aim for Change, it is a high obesity grant. So we look to not necessarily um, do traditional things to help people lose weight or be physically active, but kind of think kind of outside of the box. So, for example, creating beautification projects that make people want to get out and walk or making sure people have access to um, healthy foods, whether that's partnering with food pantries or ride share programs to try to get people to the food. So those are the type of projects that we actually look into with Aim for Change. Um, one of our requirements was a obesity rate of 40% or higher. So all of our counties are in need of these type of interventions and that's pretty much what Aim for Change aims to do. Um, the extension um, aspect of it makes it even better because it's extension offices all over Mississippi. So it's a great way for extension to continue to branch out and get the community engaged and involved. How many extension offices do we have? Or is there one in every county? It's just about one One in every every county. county, And I think that's an underutilized resource that I try to, you know, continue to remind folks that that's in their backyards or or I guess in their county and that they do a multitude of things. I think most would think in terms of gardening or some of the other, but you've got these other sort of boots on the ground community efforts going on as well. How long has Ang for Change been working in Mississippi? Well, it was a five-year grant, so we're actually wrapping up year five now. So we're just about at five years. 
years. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Okay. And so, so the a lot of different programs have come through that. Two of which we have here. They may all be working together. So, Tracy, how did you get connected? Being with the Mississippi Library Commission, you may not think that an obesity prevention, but I can see through how all that would connect. So, how did y'all get connected with Aim for Change? Um, we got connected when um, Dr. Byes, who Yolanda is, he's the head of something. The principal <laughs> on okay. our, yeah. There you go. I knew you had official words for it. Um, Dr. Byes had come to um, talk to public library directors a few years ago. And um, I guess when they were thinking of how to get, uh, you know, some other ways for people to engage with um, healthy eating and nutrition, um he wanted to see what kind of ideas we had. And they were talking about doing a story walk, which is um, a way to uh, it's basically a book that's taken apart. So you can put it on boards or some kind of structure and read it as you walk. So it you are you have to walk. You you can't read it if you don't get moving. So um, we they asked us to come on board and we said yes we love partnering and especially doing things that are outside of the box um i mean i love the box the box is great but outside of the box is um that's really where fun projects happen and and you get to sort of think of it differently and give it fresh perspective and then if the things in the box aren't working then there's no reason you can't crawl out of it exactly or have like sort of a combination um sort of too when you think about the mississippi library commission how many libraries does mississippi have mississippi has 53 library systems and then I'm going to say about 236 branches and that's because sometimes one might be closed or uh, something like that but um, 236, 237 is really where it lands but uh, every county has library service Um, so we're just they're just all over the place. And there's seven walks right now correct? There's seven walks as a part of this project project. yes. And which counties are those in? Um, it's in Sharkey, Issaquina, Knoxville has three. We have one in Leland, we have one in Myersville, one in Belzoni, and one in Durant. So, and there could al- always be more if it sort of keeps going or the grant gets refunded, which we'll, we'll um, circle back around and sort of ask about that, Yolanda. Um, but, Mary Beth, I don't want to leave you out because this is a great part, too. So, how does the MAGCOR, or what is MAGCOR? Because I feel like I know a little bit about, but there's going to be a lot of folks listening that are like, oh, what's Mississippi Made Catalog? How does that fit in? So, tell us who you guys are. So most people know us as Mississippi Prison Industries. So we are the workforce development program here in the state for currently incarcerated offenders. Um, So one of those programs is metal fabrication. It's about a five-year program. They get their welding certificate, so on and so forth. Mississippi State as a whole has been a huge supporter of us for, I'm going to say, 20 years. Um, I started working with the Extension Services in 2020 when some of these projects started coming to fruition, and they needed wayfinding signage so that people would know where um, the pavilion is, where the basketball courts are, where the local fishing place is. We did signs like that in Edabina, spruced up the, the walking track or put benches out there. Um, to kind of attract people to go to that area. Same in Lexington, spruce up the baseball field. We put tree markers um, they have at the library there in Lexington. They have several different species of trees. 
And so we were able to make tree markers so that when people went on the walking track, they would know what all these different species of trees are. So that's how we got involved with the story walk is we actually fabricated the signs themselves. Um, That's really cool. And it comes full circle, right? That's like Mm -hmm. the Mississippi State Extension having funds and then giving it right back into the state in sort of a different way that's helping with workforce development and skills within the prison system that goes back out to make community members hopefully more engaged and healthy. And, I mean, don't miss that. Like, that's a really cool ecosystem of Mm -hmm. what sort of of, of transpired there. Yolanda, were you all very intentional um, with Aim for Change, if you had funds, obviously a five-year grant to look for in-state opportunities to partner to spend those funds. Definitely, um, partnership has been one of the things that we've thrived on. Looking at outside parts partners, non-traditional partners, community partners. So, Aim for Change and Extension is based on that partnership. So, we were very, very intentional with um, definitely bringing in the Mississippi Library Commission as well as MadCorp and seeing how. Like you said, we could connect the dots and give back to the community with the funds that we actually receive from centers from disease control. How where where is the I guess the um, sign? Uh, is it a plant? Is it a um, is it a machine? Is it a shop? What does it look like? Where is it at in the prison system? Like where is your where are different locations? Yeah. Our different facilities. So we have several different programs. So over in our parchment. Um, the big large prison um, in the Delta is our largest metal fabrication and then we have garment and textile as well. Um, so we not only produce garments and linens that go out in our correctional um, different facilities, we also provide I am going to go out on a limb and say over 75% of the dormitory mattresses across the state from Ole Miss, MSU down to our, our two-year colleges. Um, they're on state contract, you know, so on and so forth. So we're working with the Department of Finance on that. Um, so and many then, different things. Yes, a print shop, recycling, pharmaceutical cleaning, to care. My boss is in the back. Am I forgetting something? <laughs> well, I um, think that's impressive just for people to, to recognize and hear also that, you know, I mean, it's not here just to talk about all the ins and outs of the prison system, but this is at least one good shining light where they're going back to work. The work's going back into, you know, um, helping the state with needs that it has, and it's sort of all coming full circle. What was it like for them to be able to create the storyboards? I mean, that had to be a fun project. I mean, you're reading, a, you're creating a story, right? Like, and then being, did they put them up and play with them before they shipped them out or maybe they won't be able to do that we created the frames as well but the library commission they provided the actual story um the picture boards that went inside of them um and i will say yes they do enjoy these projects um our offenders are even doing the cad drawings so it gives them an opportunity to get that that wheelhouse going and their mind going um, and then collaborating with what we call the free world, you know, and going back and forth on those projects and building another viable skill to use when they get out. Well, I love collaborating. That's the word that I'm hearing the most today out of what's happening with Aim for Change. We got more with the ladies coming up next here on Good Things.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Back to good things. Don't forget you can watch us with your own computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com or you can stream us live. We're at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can find an extension agent in your local area as well. But we got one here with you, Yolanda Pruitt. She's with Aim for Change. She's the program manager. They're looking to, well, I guess over the last five years, y'all have looked to sort of change the health of our communities by thinking outside of the box, which I think is one thing. Thing that I, I am seeing clearly with our guests today. When y'all first got the Aim for Change grant, I guess five years ago, and came around the table, I know David Bives, and there's a lot of other names to, to do that, Yolanda. You have the normal things when you think about improving health. I mean, who was the first one to say, let's try something different? Let's, let's literally get out of the box and look and see how we can do this in a different way. Well, I would just say the Aim for Change team as a whole probably worked with that together. I wasn't actually there in the beginning, but from my time with Aim for Change and looking at how it comes together, it's very team-oriented. So I'm sure the extension agents, um, Dr. Baez, uh, Macy, who was actually the uh, program manager at the time, I'm sure they kind of tag team that together to get that taken care of and look at the projects but I know they uh, rely heavily on the extension agents because they're actually in the community so they kind of have a better idea of the community needs and again coalitions, having the coalition speaking to the communities to see what their needs are so no one can tell you what they need better than they can so having them to have that buy in actually helps with sustainability purposes and it helps with identifying the project that I have the bigger impact as well. You know, as a dietitian, oftentimes, you know, we get very, very siloed in our thinking of what improves someone's health, right? You just go straight to physical activity and fruits and vegetables and sort of all the things, and those play a, a really big role. But we forget that health means so much more for an individual than just their physical health. It's also mental, spiritual, family, community, and all of that. And you have to have a healthy environment, and that includes your community for that to sort of be long-lasting and long-living. So it makes sense that you would reach out to all these other partners who are also trying to do the same things within the community. I know y'all recently cut the ribbon, Yolanda, on a bike share program in Macon that's also connected with the library. Tell us about that. So that was pretty exciting. The community was excited about that from the beginning. Um, We deal primarily with rural communities and one of the things that we've actually noticed that's kind of a barrier for them is transportation. So we tried to actually overcome some of those barriers. So that's kind of how we came with the bike share program, which came from a transportation plan that was actually done by a small town center of Mississippi State as well. So we were able to identify some of those barriers with transportation and the bike provides transportation and they're able to actually rent the bikes through the library like they would actually do a library book and bring the book back so it gives them access to be able to get to everyday destinations such as grocery stores such as maybe even the doctor or to the market it just gives them another way to be able to get around now do y'all fabricate the bikes there at the prison system mary beth we i feel you should racks. add <laughs> we have done custom bike racks for projects like that that just have like you know but bikes 
I don't think not yet. Let's just just say not yet for that. Put it on the agenda. (laughs) Tracy, I think this is a perfect example of the library going outside of the box and sort of helping the people. Right. And also thinking about the systems that work so well in the library. You um, take a book, you bring it back, working in sort of other ways. When people forget about the fact that the library is a hub and a community, you know very well in a lot of communities it is. What does the library mean to so many small towns? Well, it, it's the only place you can go where you don't have to spend money. I mean, if you think about, like, <laughs> there's literally no other place to go. I mean, I mean, there's a park, you know, but if it's hot like it is here often or rainy like it is all over the state today, um, it's it's the only free community space. So libraries have really, like, libraries will always have books, will always do that for people, but libraries are really evolving to meet the needs of their communities. So you know like Macon has this bike share there's there's another one in Union County but lots of libraries have i mean we call them non-traditional uh, library collections but they're really I, I think we should probably drop that term now like cake pans you know you only need that barbie cake pan that one time right Amen. you don't yeah. you don't need to go buy the $30 cake pan for that one birthday party so you can go um i'm not sure which branch but um central miss um library system they have cake pans a lot of libraries have tool libraries um some have um i know there are some that have like autism resource kits that you can take home like parents can come and um you know check those out for their for their children so once a library knows about a need it's very rare that any library would be like oh well my community needs this thing good luck uh, you know they're going to find a way to um to, to meet it in some way. That, that goes back to what Yolanda was saying for when Aim to Change started, that you sort of are asking the community what they individually need. And it sounds like our different libraries also do that, or they at least listen. So you may not find the cake pan at all in all 82 counties or, right. or all 200 and something libraries. You may not find the tools, but you're going to, if the community is asking for it, then the library sort of helps meet that. Like in Meridian, one of the great stories here on Good Things was partnering with uh, um, Washateria to be mm-hmm able to have you know books and things there for when kids um, are sitting around my mom or, or grandma or whomever is doing the laundry just really cool things like that that I think more of us need to know about these good things going on in our community and Mary Beth you were talking about being in Belzona when you got to see the fruits of your I guess they're your employees or, or the yes. employees of, of MAGCOR um, sort of come to fruition tell us about uh, what it was like seeing the story walk so there were several groups of children there from daycares to children uh, school age children and after they did the ribbon cutting they got to walk through and not only is it promoting the literacy part where they're actually reading it these had actions so they were acting out the different parts like the duck flaps the horse gallops um, and it was so fun to watch them do that and I have um, a school age child and a smaller child and all I could think was I want to go find a story walk because they would have a ball with this um, and it was just it just it warmed the heart, you know. It was just really neat to to see it just come one hundred percent to fruition, and you have the literacy part, and you have the activity part. So, and two, I think Yolanda, you could probably uh, attest that a lot of our our rural counties they just want to be seen and heard, and then they want their kids to have the same sort of opportunities for fun and excitement, engaged in learning, and all the things too, and not always just to be told. 
eat your fruits and vegetables, drink more, you know, and sort of feel like it's a, they're a problem more than they, you know, in terms of that way. Do you get that feeling when programs like this show up for communities and are unveiled? I would definitely say it's, it's all about equity and, like you said, making them feel heard, making them feel like they have a voice in their health, period. So being able to engage them, being able to um, make sure they're getting things that they need will help with sustainability purposes as well. So if the funding was to leave or if we're no longer able to do this, if they have the buy-in, they will continue to do it because they see it's effective. They see it's helping their families. They see it's helping their community. And that's pretty much what it's all about. Um, I've worked with a lot of communities. And one of the main things that I would say that they always mention to me is the need and making sure that they get what was actually needed for their communities. So making sure that we are able to do that through actually talking to them and getting feedback from them, asking them how they think they can resolve an issue is important. And it helps and it's fruitful. With the story walks, Tracy, how do y'all decide the stories? Well, um, taking into account the, the you know the theme of this grant, we looked for books that were about nutrition and movement, exercise that weren't boring. Um, you know, there there I feel are personally attacked. Yes, well, <laughs> there are some children's books that are just um, you know eat an apple, they're good for you, and we tried to get away from that. Um, most of them are narrative stories uh, that happen to be about food or movement. So the one that um, that we were talking about earlier is called Dance Like a Flamingo. So on each page, um, there's a new thing to do. Um, so there are others about um, a, a particular food. There are um, There's a couple of books. There's one called How My Parents Learned to Eat. And it was the parents are... Um, of different cultures and how they learn to eat the other's food. So um, not exactly all exercise and not all nutrition, but, uh, you know, more narrative books about um, about about these topics. Well, a lot of topics you intertwine into a fun story and kids are going to learn. They don't necessarily have to be just, you know, taught with flashcards about, you know, every uh, every single subject or every single thing for it to sort of click. And then there's just that underlying um, uh, good thing, too, of just they're out, they're reading and they're moving. Magic's happening in their little bodies and they don't even know it. And that's sort of exactly. like the best part. Right. Well, we got a little bit more with the ladies coming up next. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
talking about the good things. Don't forget, we are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find us on YouTube. You can also catch uh, good things. We are live on C Spire TV. If you've got that, we're on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel, which I know many of you are paying attention to today. But you can also catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're just joining us, we are sharing all the good things that Aim for Change has been doing over the last five years through the Extension Service, but also community partners like the Mississippi Library Commission and also um, MAGCOR, which is Mississippi-made catalog, and more, right, Yolanda? And there's more partners that obviously weren't able to come today. But it's been five years. So what is the aim for what is the future for Aim for Change here in Mississippi? Well, I can say we did actually submit a pretty strong um, application to hopefully get another cycle. Um, it's too too early to say at this point. But fingers so, crossed. Uh, fingers crossed, definitely. But I'm excited to see where we go from here, looking at what we've done in the first cycle, looking at what we've learned, looking at areas of opportunity um, that we can improve on. And all of those things are going to make for an even stronger uh, next five years. Which I know, yeah, tentatively, which we will be here to, to shout it from the rooftops if you guys are able to get it, because it will just keep building on the good things you've done. Is there one program, I know we've got two programs here, but is there one or two programs that stick out that people could look for in their communities that maybe really made an impact through Aim for Change? I know, I guess, the Library Walt would be the, one of the latest, but thinking back over the last five years. I would say definitely the Ride Share program as well. We've We've gotten a lot of momentum off of that. And like I stated, one of the main things that rural communities deal with is access, being transportation. So having that low-cost type of transportation available is definitely going to be beneficial to the communities, um, ways that they could get to the pantries, ways that they could get to the library, ways they could get to the parks, ways they could get to um, everyday destinations that they need to just be a better them. So I, I would definitely say that that was definitely one of my favorite projects coming in was definitely the Rideshare program. And it does feel like all of your projects ha- are sustainable, even without Aim for Change, right? I know that you want to keep going and you want to build, but I think good work goes when it can keep going after a grant cycle ends. It's not dependent on continuing being funded in that way. And Tracy, you were talking about like with the story walks, there's seven in seven different counties now. If somebody was listening and wanted to implement that, it didn't take a big grant to sort of get that done just sort of the idea but it's there assuming that you know mother nature or somebody doesn't come and take it down like that's an installation at these libraries that can be enjoyed for a while correct absolutely and um as long as there are you know print books and people to and it sounds bad but to make a story walk you have to tear a book apart to laminate it to stick it in the um in in the does that make you itch? Does that just make you, you know cry what? just a little bit? It doesn't, but I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes people uncomfortable when you're like, well, I'm going to rip up this book today. and But you're making it accessible yeah. for so many people in the process. So, um, But, yes, as long as those structures stay up, there will be story walks in those communities. Are you able to change out the stories? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the Library Commission is committed to providing the books quarterly for this first year. So we will buy the books. We'll do all the terrible cutting up um, here in Jackson and laminating laminating them and then getting them to these communities. So they'll have new books. But they can, they can change them out, um, you know, as often as they'd like to. 
So if there was, someone's listening and would like that at their local library, it's not a, you know, a sure shot that you will get it. But could they go and ask, hey, I heard this storybook, um, story walk thing on good things. How do I go about sourcing if our library could get that? Is sure. that a possible doing? Well, the, these structures are permanent, but the Library Commission does lend. We have a... Um, a, a story walk kit that libraries can check out and put somewhere in their community. So um, I don't know, we have like 10 or 12, 15, something like that. Um, and they're really popular because that is an instant program. You stick it out in the grass and there you go. You, you know, that's a way to get people involved. Could churches or other uh, camps that are looking for activities for kids during the summer come to the library and check out kits and stuff like that? Yeah, they could. Uh, depending on what it is, absolutely. The story walks are definitely something that we could loan to other institutions. See, I feel like underutilized, just not recognizing what all is sort of there and available to support your library, but then also let your library support you and what you're trying to do in your community. And Mary Beth, I feel like there's so much that's going on with you guys at MAGCOR that folks don't recognize. And the one thing is you don't just necessarily work with community partners. I know that's a big deal, but you also have the ability for folks to buy from your employees. So how does that work? So our most popular item I would say that we sell to the public are grills and there's probably a lot of people out there right now all of a sudden in their head they're going oh those prison grills those tailgate I have one on my truck I mean um so that's our most popular thing they've probably been around 30 years they last 10 to 20 years are they heavy Um, they are super heavy they're made of like this really heavy gauge metal because you're obviously setting them on fire um, but they make it <laughs> not made of books. <laughs> no, and hopefully they're not burning books in no. them to get the the stokes going. But um, yeah, all the way up to smokers, and they make actual um, trailers with smokers attached for these professional, you know, people who want to go around to all the barbecue festivals, and it's that's. So if you've got a fabricated idea in your head, like to have something fabricated or welded or created or I don't know, can they reach out to you guys and sort of just ask if you're able to to build it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, customization is my middle name. <laughs> so what's the strangest things you guys have? Okay, strangest. Let's, let's reword that. Um, neatest things that you guys have created. So um, we do private manufacturing as well. Um, and that gives these guys on our metal fabrication some serious real-world experience. Um, we're building parts for armored trucks. We're working for other local, like, safety cart and S&N. They're building these big, huge, like, uh, catwalk barges and aerators. Um, so those are super neat to see when they're being built and after they're built because they're just such large, mm-hmm. you know, um, items. But on the other side of things is a lot of our local communities are getting rebranded through different programming, um, and they want to to display that. And so we've made custom bike racks, custom branding pieces. Um, in Amory, they wanted trains that local artists could paint, and so we made these one-dimensional primered trains that matched their locomotive that they had on display and then the local artists got to paint them and the community um, displayed them throughout their sidewalk so there's just a lot of just neat things we've done throughout our communities Um, and most people don't even know you know they'll they'll look through our our catalog and they'll say 
Oh my gosh! I, I sat on that bench in Oxford. Well, I was, I was on say, the coast. I wonder and I how many on that bench. people are listening to good things and don't recognize that they've enjoyed um, the work of our, you know, um, prison force because they're they're utilizing this program. How are they able to get into the program? I'm sure it's a merit based or not everyone um, is able to take part. So, what's sort of the the way that they find themselves into this opportunity? Um. Well, as of right now, they go through their case manager when they come in. And so it's almost like applying for a job. And then they have to, Daguerre, correct me if I'm wrong, um, they have to get approved by the superintendent. Um, so it's it's a pretty, you know, it's just like a, applying for a job and getting permission. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to come to work for us. Um, not only are they learning a skill, but... We, as an organization, have just, we've grown. We're doing vocational. They're doing agriculture at Parchment again. We're doing the Hope Alliance. Um, so they're getting soft skills, transitional housing, second chance hiring. So it's more than just what people 30 years ago would call prison labor. It's what are we really doing to not only help um provide, you know, viable skill, but what are they going to do for the rest of their lives when they walk out? And also, how are we going to positively impact the community around us? And I feel like that is just the huge change in mindset that we've gone through the last three or four years is um, how is this affecting all of Mississippi? You know, as a and whole. And today we've seen a great sort of ecosystem of that. So then when they get out and they have all these skills, they can go back to healthier communities, right? And kumbaya and live. <laughs> this is good things. So we can focus yes. on, on the positive sort of spin of that. If we want to see your catalog, uh, Mary Beth, if we wanted to order anything or just be curious about what you guys are doing, where do we find that? Um, so you can go on our website. It's MDOC Works. That is sort of the main organization that all of us kind of fall under. Um, and there's a link up there for catalogs, but we're really, we really push the mission side of things. So there's a, a sales at magcore.com and the email will go straight to Daguerre and, you know, we'll answer your questions from there, send you catalogs, whatever you need. And Yolanda, if we want more information on Aim for Change, where do we go? You can go to www.aim.extension. And if we want to find our library in our local community, Tracy, where do we go for that? You can start with the Library Commission's website at mlc.lib.ms.us. What a smorgasbord of good things going on within the state, but all working together. I loved it. So thank you, ladies, for your time. And you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. And stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
know what this is. You fall in line in a very small percentage of the population who probably still has Happy Meal toys from the 80s and 90s. Un- you can't throw that stuff away. Unopened. In a, a little hamburger that turns into a robot. In a cabinet somewhere. Dusted. If you are if you're familiar with this, but apparently it is Grimace's birthday. And if you ask who Grimace is, who would you say, Rhino? He's the big purple guy from McDonald's. And then you would go, Oh yeah, what the one that sounds like this. So when did he come in or leave the franchise? Should I, or, or I guess is it French family, the McDonald's family? Or has he always been there from the beginning? I want to say he's been around as long as the other cast of characters. I want to say Ronald McDonald was first. And then after Ronald McDonald was introduced, you had Grimace and the Hamburglar. And then I want to say you had Early Bird because McDonald's didn't always do breakfast. So Early Bird came along when they came up with breakfast. But Grimace, it's his birthday and they're they're selling. So how does he have a birthday? I have so no idea. They're just choosing his birthday, and they're selling. It's the shakes, right? Oh yeah. So it's the grimace. I got shake. to have one. the uh, The news team brought me one, and it was delicious. So, what makes the shake special? Well, it's purple. Well, that can anything can be purple. Does it have a different flavor? I uh, it was a little blueberry esque without being overpowering. Uh huh. Although I think grimace was a grape milkshake originally, but don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. So it's apparently taken social media by storm. Oh, yeah. So it appears to be vanilla shake with berry flavoring. And the opinions on the new shake have ranged from taste of the shake of having to purchase the meal and everything sort of in between. So I think, of like anything else, opinions are going to be varied. But if you like new and exciting things, and it's probably a limited edition, do any of the other people have birthdays that we know of? or do they? I'm just- sure the Hamburglar has one. I just I just appreciate someone in PR going, you know what? Sales are down. It's Grimace. Do we know what birthday it is? How old is he? Do we know what his what his birthday is? Um, or June 12th, the day the new Purple Shake came out. Oh, his appearance on his commercial, 1971. Well, there you go. So 1971 was his first appearance. So that would make you a math is hard. So how old? He would be over 40. He'd be, right? 52. 52? Sure. Look at our grade A education. (laughs) (laughs) Over here. All right. So he was first was known as Evil Grimace, and then he would run off Hamburglar with milkshakes or milkshakes or whatever it may be. I'm having to go down deep. Like, I mean, because that was, what, 71? You and I weren't even born yet. No, and by the time we came around, the, the McDonald's mascots were... A little aged, so they weren't they weren't nearly as cool as they were when they first came, came out. Which, though, you and I and our generation, those early '80s kids, we still got the leftovers of the original McDonald's playgrounds. We oh, yeah. still remember what an actual playground was supposed to be like. That whole danger mobile and nothing but you know um natural selection it was selection. a play palace at that point no it was natural selection emotion <laughs> of what they what they chose to put out there and and just trust 
that kids of all ages that randomly come together were going to play nice and, and be kind to one another. Then again, when we were coming up and, and getting to go on the occasional trip to the Mickey D's, they still had the McDonald's logo branded ashtrays and and matchbooks. I remember that. And you'd walk in and the whole decor was just completely sort of different and theme parky e if that is if that's real words and it was like you were stepping into an entire different sort of land of make believe um and their ice cream machine usually worked i think back then don't really remember i walked into one this past weekend which is not my to go to my kids love it though and i hadn't actually walked in and they had remodeled and it was like they were trying to make it into fine dining is a stretch but upscale, whatever, and it's just you want to go, oh, like when you see a girl trying too hard, it's like, go on now. You're a happy meal and a Big Mac. Let's just be what you are. Take pride in it and and own it. According to the people in the know, it was recently revealed that Grimace is a big purple taste bud. What? I think of the big, what's the gumdrop chewy thing? Gumdrops? Maybe, but you know, it's like sour. It's supposed to be like sour, but it's not like the big gum, the big. That's what I think of when I think of him. He looks like the big purple, or maybe it's a dot. You know, you have yes, like the dots. dots, but not. Yes. Not a milkshake, but hey, go get one. Happy birthday, Grimace. You are 52 years young today. Stick with us, though. You got a lot of exciting. Uh, baseball talk coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, Southern Miss to the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.